Hey, welcome back to United Nerd Reviews, where we review movies, shows, and everything else in between. I'm your host, Brian. Joining along with me is, of course, the Mad Mech Monster Mind himself, Joel. How you doing? He's doing well. And also with us today, Marcelo's here. Woo! I know. I was able to find some time in between my travel. As you can see, this is not my normal place, but I'm glad that I was able to get some time today and, and uh, jump back in with you guys. Yeah, man, you've been globetrotting a little bit. A little bit, a little bit, but, you know, winter break is coming up, so I'm looking forward to spending a little bit more time with you guys. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Well, of course, we should probably uh, get into what we're reviewing today, as, of course, uh, we all saw Black Panther Wakanda Forever. The Together. F- together. Uh, Marvel Studios' final film in their Phase 4 that's kind of wild to think of because you have to think about it, a lot of phase four happened like during pandemic times. So it doesn't feel that long, but the, the thing well, it's been like four ish years. Has it been four? What was the, what, what kicked, what kicked off phase four? Was it Shang-Chi? No, Black Widow. Black Widow pandemic yeah. movie. Mm-hmm. That was a pandemic yeah. Cause, movie. Uh, cause yeah, I remember now Shang-Chi was my first movie that I went to post pandemic. Black Widow is 2021, but yeah, still. It was 2021. It's only been what? like what? That's not right because well, that's, WandaVision is that's there the first, too. That's the first movie. So I think mm-hmm. WandaVision's probably the first. Yeah. First movie. So that's like that's like 2020. Movie. So it's it's been it's been a little over two years. But yeah, um we all got to we all got to see Wakanda Forever together. Hell yeah. And this time it was in a very well actually. Before we kick it off, we went to a different theater, Marcelo, from a rating. All right. Give okay, us so give us a review of the I'm, theater. I'm, I'm glad that you're throwing this to me first. <laughs> I just wanted to say that, and I know you guys agree for me, this was a much better viewing experience for us <laughs> than our last movie that we saw together was, which was, what did we see together last, guys? I like, at least that I was there. Is it Doctor Strange? It was Doctor Strange. That's right. No, Thor. Love and Thunder. Love and Thunder. And... Um, it's it, yeah, it has to be that movie theater from now on. Comfortable seats. <laughs> I mean, like, I was like laid back the whole time, like this, watching this yeah. movie, and I loved every second of it. They weren't trying to like hot box this out, the audio was <laughs> fresh. It just has to be that movie theater, guys. It just can never change. Yeah, I, I forgot that uh, that that century had the recliner seats, and it was. When I saw them, I was like, "Oh, thank God!" Because it, it was now all... I'm kind of glad that they're demolishing that other mall. <laughs> it deserves it now. Demolished. <laughs> it's getting snapped from existence. But yes, it made it made. I mean, the movie itself was absolutely amazing, and we'll get into it. But just having a good viewing experience, at least for me, being who I am as a person, is what takes it from like a like a nine to a ten. You know, because I would I would happily dock points if i had a shitty movie uh viewing experience oh of course you know because that makes that makes the movie experience even better like you have a good movie but if you have a good theater it kicks it up that extra notch and yeah Mm -hmm. we the past two movies we've been to a very old unkept uh theater to say the least but (laughs) it was like it's been kind of like our our go-to theater for so long so you know it's kind of sad to see it go but well because it was it was easy for everybody right oh yeah by everybody's house it was next to a very popular mall yeah it was just convenient but 
I'm I'm willing to make that drive. It was only like an extra two minutes. Willing to make that sacrifice. Absolutely. Next time, well, next movie, you guys have to come out and see me, and we can go to the IMAX theater over by my house. I feel like we have to do that. Like we have to pick a movie Ooh, that's coming we out. Do Avatar. Do... Can I just watch Avatar? <laughs> Avatar Two: Return to the Ocean. I wish that's what it was called. <laughs> I wish that was the title. Return to the Ocean. What was it? The Ways of Water or some Way kind of, of water? Yeah. Bullshit. Probably you know what? Starting, but... You know what? I feel like it might be. It might be actually fitting to do that. If you if you want to watch Avatar Two. I will, I will, I will drive me and Joel down, and okay. we can make a day of it. That's it. I'm holding you to it now, guys. That's it. You're gonna, you're, we're gonna go see Jake Sully on IMAX. <laughs> it's the All only right. way to experience that movie. All right. Well, only that, way we will experience it. Yeah. Well, that was that's the way of water, and that's a little ways down the way. But now we're gonna be talking about Wakanda forever. Marcelo, you talked a little bit about it. Joel. I want to get your just out of the gate first opinions about Wakanda forever. It was great. A good uh icing on the cake to phase four. Really enjoyed the origin story of uh Namor and what his thoughts and backgrounds are and how he, you know, how methodical he is and how they dealt with passing a Chadwick Boseman, which was no easy thing. Uh it, yeah, it's done really well. It's very divisive, which is like every Marvel movie now. Like everyone has a fucking opinion about it. Um, but again, very enjoyable. And of course, uh, you know, if you're watching this, you haven't seen it. Heavy spoilers. Of course, my disclaimer real quick. We're going to go heavy in the spoilers, of course. So you have been warned. Uh, yeah, just the introduction of Ironheart was, was fluid and it worked well. And, uh, throwbacks to Black Panther, even in Civil War, it was, it's just done really well. And. I, I, this is one of the movies where I know when I rewatch it, it's just going to get better every time. And I, I just I saw it for you know for many reasons, but it was it was really good. Can't. Where does this sit for you for Phase Four? Tough. The big list. It's a big it's list. huge I'm, list. I'm looking at the list right now. I still tote Shang Chi and Spider Man as the top ones, but it's up there with them. Like I don't think. Like, yeah, Eternals doesn't come close at all. Black Widow's fun, not there. I I hate to say it, but multiverse is just not what I wanted it to be. It's still fun, still enjoyable time, but uh well, well we had that well, you know, remember on Twitter our friend Pooja posted her she just kinda she just kinda mentioned that like it depends on the it depends on how you're feeling in the day, but like the top three movies are or the top three are really solid. And then yeah. the rest of Phase Four just eh, it just depends on how you're feeling that day. Yeah. Like Loki will sit higher up some days than others. I definitely think this is a solid two for me, just because Shang. There was something about Shang Chi that just really stuck with me, and I just really, really enjoyed it. I think that the story was a little bit stronger in Shang Chi than in Black Panther, but that in no way for me took away from the overall experience and my overall enjoyment of the movie. Like, what are you supposed to do? Your your lead actor passes away. You have a pandemic. Like, you're supposed to pivot, right? Yeah. Yeah. It, it, you you kind of have that. I wouldn't say it's a lose-lose situation, but it's definitely just kind of like you're stuck in between a rock and a hard place. It's like, like you had these ideas for what you wanted the character of T'Challa to kind of push forward. And then having the unfortunate event of Chadwick Boseman, like, passing away. And you're like, fuck. Okay, now what? Not what we need to do because what 
the turnaround wasn't that big, was it? Well, there, remember, I don't know if you remember the controversy, but there was a lot of controversy about about one of the actors. Yeah, I, and and, the and I don't remember if this is correct. correct or not, but like not wanting to get COVID vaccinated and that, that she was like really on the, on the fine line of being replaced as Shuri. Like she was like one second away from being replaced as Shuri, which then what do you do? You know, like does that scrap the whole movie and we just don't get Wakanda forever? You know, mm-hmm. I'm glad it didn't happen. I mean, there's just so much good in this movie. The movie is so strong. I think the last thing I'll say, and then we can move on is that this is this Marvel movie definitely has the strongest acting from all of the actors from an emotional standpoint from just delivery i think it has the strongest acting out of everything that we've seen pretty much up to this point honestly including you know everything pre-endgame i just this movie the acting was so solid and i think there was something for everybody in this movie yeah Yeah. like i i agree because i think it's kind of almost hard for me to actually rate this movie because i feel like this this movie is such a special circumstance that it's kind of like for me, like personally, it's kind of almost unfair for me to rate it just because like, yeah, all all the acting really seemed on point because I feel like everybody in that cast and the crew were like super invested because they wanted to do this for Chadwick Boseman and kind of be not so much as like a memorial, but it's like not only is it a movie in the MCU, but it's also a, like a special celebration type type of event so it's it's something that i don't think we'll actually ever get i mean i hope that we'll never get again as far as like the mcu goes where it's like you have all these movies that you know are telling story and like wakanda forever still tells a story within the realm of Mm -hmm. the mcu but it has that little extra like something like something special about it which like on the drive home from the theater, I was like, just I was just thinking about it for a little bit. And it's like, why is it? Why does this movie feel so different? And it's because it had that, you know, extra little like circumstance that kind of sets it apart from every other MCU movie. Now, when you look at it as just an MCU movie, it's like it's it's a really good movie. It's a really good Black Panther movie. And sure, I would rank other movies within the MCU above Wakanda forever. But if for me, it feels that you need to kind of ha- hold it into the special place just because of the circumstances of it. So do you feel like the death of Chadwick Bowman, uh, do you feel like it tilts the overall opinion of the movie? Like because he passed away, do you feel like it kind of gives the movie a little bit more leniency because they had to kind of pivot? Or like, do you feel like... Uh, oh, and and it's hard to say, right? We would have we would have zero idea how the movie would have been if Chadwick Boseman was still T'Challa. Like we just don't know. Mm. And I guess you know, but like his passing again, like the emotion in the movie that we feel is the actor's emotion. It's not the characters. That's just people feeling like oh, yeah. that loss. I feel you know, and, and again, it really resonates because it feels personal. Oh yeah, like going going into just stuff in the movie so like you know spoilers for people you know right now you know if you haven't seen it yet you know if you're watching this in vod you know just like pause this go watch the movie and come back you know we have been warned twice the the opening of this movie when we have pretty much the we have the scene which i didn't expect the movie to start this way where you only have shuri in the lab like frantically like rushing because you know, Chichala has a mysterious illness that they they kind of just 
scrap out of the way just because, you know, they kind of have to just to kind of, you know, get the plot to move forward. But Shuri's trying to figure out a way to um, manufacture a heart shaped herb because in the last movie, Killmonger destroyed them all. And so, like, if we want child to be better, you know, I have to try to figure out a way to manufacture this to a certain percentage that it will, you know, be effective and like and work for him. And then, you know, you know, she's trying and trying and, you know, finds out he already passed away. So it was too late. And then you have the the funeral procession that you see in the trailer and all of the all of the energy and just the expressions on the on their faces just throughout the whole sequence. You could you if you paid attention, you could just like look at them and be like, fuck, this is really good. And it's probably because, you know, that that is how like those people were feel like not like, you know, the characters, but like the actual actors in that scene. They're feeding off of that energy to kind of push, you know, this section of the movie forward. So, yeah, definitely for sure. You know, and we've if you've seen any of the interviews that they've had, like you can tell that you know, everybody had a lot of passion for this movie. And it was because of how much they cared and, you know, admired Chadwick. So it really it, it really shows you know, because I think I think everybody was going on full all cylinders the entire movie. Like, I, I felt like nobody really was like lacking behind in any any sort of fashion. No, no, everybody, everybody put on like a really, really solid performance. No, like there were I didn't feel, oh, uh, I guess maybe Riri, is that her name? Maybe I feel like she was probably the weakest of the whole cast. But, I, ha- I have thoughts and opinions, but I'll let you go ahead. No, no. I mean, that's that's pretty much it. I just like it. By no means was it bad. But no, like, no. if when we're talking about everybody else, I felt like she was probably the weakest. But I think it was also because she was she kind of besides Mbaku was a little bit more comicy relief type of quirky type of character. So maybe that played a little bit different for me because because everybody else had such a more serious tone, you know, but maybe that's just how it played for me. I need to go watch it again and find out, but interesting. Um, that's just maybe my takeaway from it, but by no means is it bad. I mean, there was worse acting in other Marvel movies by comparison to what she put forward, but it, she was still great. I still enjoyed it. You know, again, technical, uh, my issues with the movie are always technical. Oh, yeah. So I think some stuff looks crusty, but <laughs> Hey, you know what? I still enjoyed the fuck out of this movie. Like Joel, did you have uh, something to to add to that, or? Oh, I just wanted to because you're talking about um, how the you know Chadwick Boseman's death affected the film, and um, just wanted to say uh, it does like definitely affect my view of the movie and how to go about it, and it does put it in a special place, I think. But I came to this movie ready to like kind of cry and you know let go of you know you know just kind of deal with like this adventure I, I remember hearing about his passing and i put on civil war and like it hit me hell hard when he says like death is not the end right i was like oh that hits harder more right away with that first scene which again i wasn't expecting either i think they you know they skirt over how it's it's done you know they go through it and i was ready to be sad but you know, they do the sequence where it's just him and the MCU Marvel, you know, intro fanfare. It's oh, very quiet. Which, that was that was a moment of silence. That wasn't. Yeah. Uh, someone oh, spoiled God. that for me, by the way. Please don't put that on Instagram anymore. 
you're out there, I know. Please or don't TikTok. Do that. That I've seen cool. a lot of TikTok videos of that yeah, shit. So, uh, also, I want to say uh, when they have the celebration, like they're celebrating his life. And that, was, that made me feel a lot better. So just being ready to cry. But it just, I was like, oh, we're, you know, we're celebrating Chadwick Boseman. And like you guys to that point, like I think everyone brought it to 11 to celebrate him and brought their skills forward. And, you know, just acting, production, writing was really strong. And yeah, there are some stronger movies, but I think this is a special case. And it's, it's, you guys said already, like strong acting and everything. And I'm just really blown away by the leads, of course. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. Um, Angela Bassett, Queen, right? I mean, it's, it's, it's and even, oh, yeah. you know, the surprise uh, thirst trap of uh, Killmonger, Michael B. Jordan was that was amazing. Wild. I was, you know, I heard about that a long time ago. He's on set. Like, I was like, maybe it's something, but just, of course, he brings it, you know? And he, he was always, he, he always brought it. But it's just like, he, he's the reason we have the climax of the movie that we do. <laughs> he's literally the only reason we have, we have, we, this is he is the reason we transition into into the third act the way that we do, you know. It's true. It's yeah. It's just a special special case, special circumstance done well, and uh, I think upon you know upon further rewatches, it's just gonna solidify itself. You know, be even better than things I've seen before. Mm-hmm. Time. So, to kind of go back to the that beginning. Um, I was really one of those people that was like, okay, how are they going to do this? How are they going to, you know, explain what happened to T'Challa without having him be there? And, you know, what, what they did, you know, is fine. You know, it's, it's the best situation that they could do without, you know, like having complete... a fake CG version of him or something. Oh God, yeah, that'd be yeah. terrible. Or like just some, or just having like a mocap, like, just all Black Panther suit guy, and like he just like somehow gets fucked in a fight or something with, with you know Namor or something like that. Or a blatant um, recast. People were calling for him to be recast right away, which I thought was fascinating and personally not not a not a good like look at all. I I, I get it. I, I can just, understand I, because there there are people that are really emotionally connected to T'Challa, so having having the character just be kind of like pushed out of the MCU, even though the circumstances are very strange and like surreal for, you know, this whole situation. Like I can, I can kind of understand where they're coming from, but you know, maybe down the line, you know, we'll get it. We'll get T'Challa back in some form of or another, you know, hint, hint, nudge, nudge. Um, yeah. It, it just, it just couldn't have been, Oh, well this is T'Challa now. Yeah. Just, they, it, it, they already it did it, it once. Well. They already did it once. They can't do it again. What do you mean? What Rody. are you talking about? Rody. Oh. <laughs> you, you forgot. Know, but, but Don Cheadle's been like the guy for so long. He's, it's Terrence the, Howard was one movie at the very, very beginning of the MCU. No, I know. Like, it's, there's no comparison between both of them for sure. No way. No, it would be hilarious with all this multiverse shit. If they brought Terrence Howard back, <laughs> oh, the have him That's be right. War Machine. I oh, forgot God. about Don Cheadle. I forgot like he's been Don, he's been War Machine for so long now. That oh, he's great, like, oh. and he's great. Um, like I, now, I can't even rewatch the first Iron Man now. It'd just be too weird. But <laughs> next time, next time, baby, have a remaster <laughs> and just like 
deep fake Don Cheadle oh, onto Terrence Howard. Oh god. No, they're Terrence Howard's too tall. Anyway. <laughs> a black um uh, I wanted I wanted to um share this interesting take on the beginning of the movie that I heard. Um I feel bad. I forgot who was saying it, but um there's this like theory and I think it's based off the comics. I'm not sure. Like someone someone in the comments or in chat can, you know, clarify. But apparently there's a certain thing where whoever's like the Black Panther and takes the heart-shaped herb, uh, they get like all the powers of like the Black Panther, but the the herb itself slowly kind of eats away at the person. And so the the idea is is that every once in a while they would have to keep retaking the herb over and over again to kind of stave off of that effect and so in the last movie having killmonger destroy all of them there was no way to continue that process so t'challa would have to pretty much either hope that shuri finds a way or just come to peace with it and then you know you know pass away and i thought that was actually very interesting um did we yeah i mean i i feel like i i mean it could hold some water. I just feel like if 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 they knew that all of those heart-shaped flowers or whatever were gone and they were aware that it that they would have to be retaken, I feel like that solution would have I feel like they would have already tried to find a solution unless unless they just didn't want to handle it. I don't know. But that's interesting. I that mean, would make total sense. Well I mean it would be, be a good well, yeah, but it, it would it would go into the fact that Shuri was trying to find a solution, but just kept you know failing at it and but, couldn't figure out a way. Failing and couldn't do it in time. Yeah, that's fair. So I just thought that was an interesting theory. It's like, oh, you know that you know if he ever needed like a an in universe explanation, that'd actually be kind of interesting and mm-hmm. like something that's never been seen before, like something that gives you such power, but it also like takes away everything over a period of time um yeah but uh besides that you you mentioned marcelo a little bit earlier about how you felt riri was kind of just there mm-hmm. and after kind of reflecting on the movie i kind of agree with you like I, like riri was one of the biggest things i was like waiting for for this movie and i was excited to see her in like in the universe but the more i think about it the more it feels like she was kind of just a MacGuffin. Yeah, I mean, they just, you know, they really, I mean, yeah, they gave her her purpose. You know, she designed the machine to detect uh, the fucking vib- vibranium? No. Yeah, you're right. Okay. Yeah, my, my, like, I, was thinking, <laughs> I was thinking about unobtainium because we talked about <laughs> Avatar. <laughs> but, uh, you know, yeah, okay, cool. She created that. She's a random MIT student. She's got like a an MIT student has like a massive warehouse in the middle of fucking, you know, Massachusetts. It, like, you know, it, it, it was kind of a placeholder. Yeah, you know, kind of her character definitely sets things in motion for for Shuri to meet to meet uh, Namor and that whole conflict. You know, it made sense, but it just kind of felt like she was thrown in. And after, like, after they rescued her or whatever. She she just kind of didn't she just kind of didn't matter anymore. I feel like after that they had everything else kind of could have happened without her there. 
Yeah. She was definitely. Oh, like, and I'll uh, say one more thing, really quick. Just something, just just as I'm thinking about it, I thought that the suits that. Oh no! I can't. Okoye, is that right? Am I saying that? Oh, the um, the night the, clothes, the Power the, Ranger suit, the Nightingale. Yeah, I just suits? I don't know how I felt about those suits. They felt kind of. Oh. Well, you and Okoye were on the same wavelength then. <laughs> I just, I don't know how I felt about that. I just didn't think they looked good. But anyways, again, maybe that's how they're supposed to look. It's I don't know. I'm not familiar. It reminded me of the Predator, to be honest. <laughs> I didn't have a problem with it. Oh, with the I like the colors. Yeah. I was I was thinking it was like kind of like the Predator. Uh, yeah, I, I was definitely thinking, um, I thought they did it well, how they used uh, Ironheart as a plot device, kind of keep it moving forward. But yeah, she definitely comes in, moves the plot forward, and then she's kind of there to help little but probably because you know it was a test for seeing how audience will receive her and for her show coming up yeah i I think it worked well i mean they've they've done weaker people device stuff in marvel so i think it flowed well it worked with what they wanted to do if i had to if i had to guess like around the time when riri and shuri are in the cave that's kind of like when she stopped kind of being important to an extent um also, I'm kind of sad about this. So in the movie, of course, we get to see two versions of her suit. We get to see her her like Tony Stark-esque prototype suit, which I don't know if I, I mentioned this, but um, the first one that she has in her warehouse uh, kind of reminded me of Tony's like makeshift one from uh, Marvel's Avengers. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where it's just like yeah, an exoskeleton yeah. and kind of like you just put a helmet on and it's kind of go. Yeah. And I did kind of appreciate they kind of did a callback to Iron Man 1 where she was rocketing up into the sky and basically did the thing where she went too high up into the atmosphere and kind of knocked out. Yeah. It's kind of harking back to um, Tony's first test with like the Mark II. And I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. But yeah, I remember having it be interesting that they made a special suit for her for this movie. And it's not her traditional, like, classic comic book suit, which they're probably saving for her Disney Plus show, probably. Yeah. I'm kind of sad that my opinions have changed on it a little bit. I was I was pretty hyped, mostly just because this, I got to see, you know, Ironheart on screen. But now looking back on it, I did think it was cool that they painted the suit to look like her dad's hot rod. I thought that was kind of sweet. When I realized that her her back thrusters were purposely shaped to look like a heart from from the back, made me like it a little less and thought it looked kind of goofy. Because I was like, "Oh, she looked she looked like the Blue Beetle." A little bit, she did. But I like I as her character, I liked her. I think uh, I don't. Off the top of my head, don't remember the actor's name. Dominique Thorne, I believe. Uh, I think she did a great job as Riri. Yeah. She ha- she had she had that like I felt like she had that like nice attitude that Riri comes off from the comics. <laughs> I love that she was shaking people down for like money they owed her. And her first thing she like walks up to this dude on like MIT campus is like, "Hey, yo, you got my money." And it's like, what's your Venmo? <laughs> like, takes his phone and fucking sets up a transaction. It. It's like, that's fucking great. Yeah. But yeah, we should probably uh, talk I'm, about. Well, before we get to the the main character of this movie, which we all know who we're, who we're here. 
we all know what this movie is about. Uh, I just want to say, um, uh, Umbaku, uh, Umbaku really stole the show in this in this movie too. I like, love Umbaku. His role, his role in this movie was so much more elevated, and he was really kind of like he, he was the voice of reason in this movie, yeah. which is wild to me. You know, like when they're talking about when they're talking about Namor, he's like. Just because we live in mountains doesn't mean we don't have books. Like, <laughs> like he really stepped up in this movie, and I thought that was great. And I'm so and I'm so happy for it because he was such a good character in the first movie. Oh, he he's my favorite character in the, in the Black Panther movies. He's fantastic, and um, yeah, it's it's cool that he is the is like the voice of reason. He is also the character to kind of point out and it's like, hey. All of these like older council members, you know, they're stuck in the past and that's not working anymore. Yep. And he's like talking to Shiri. It's like, I hoping you're seeing that, that these ways are not working anymore. We need to, we need to take a new path and, you know, try something new. And it's like, all right, Mbaku, I see you. I see you. All right. Okay. Guys. So let's talk about who we're really here for, baby. What do you, what are your guys' opinions? How, like, Tell me, tell me how much you love Namor. Listen, this guy, this guy is amazing. And it's crazy, though, that Tanakh was, in, or Tanach, I gotta, I'm, I gotta remember to say it right. He had been in Narcos, Mexico, which I love. Mm-hmm. But just because, you know, these characters, you know, they look so different. It's like, oh, shit, no way. You know, you go back and you realize, oh, shit, he was in... He's been in that, he's been in that, and I've seen him in this, and it's like, whoa, you know, like, he fucking killed it. Like, he, did you guys see that thing where he had to learn how to swim for this role? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he, when he learned how to speak Mayan for this movie. That's wild. Like, yeah, I mean, uh, putting the actor aside, Namor as a antagonist as because he, I, I, he's not a villain by any he's not a villain he's just looking out for himself he's like he's looking out for him and his people that's 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 what it is yeah you know sure you want to destroy the the surface world yeah okay but aquaman doesn't want to do that too sometimes you know you know just it's just it is what it is but it's a part of the it's a part of what it what it takes to be underwater but i thought that the way they portrayed his fucking strength and agility was top notch because he fucking wrecked the Wakandans. Like I feel like if Shuri would have would have not gone him on that beach at the end, I think he would have easily beat them. <laughs> yeah, uh, Joel, my turn. Can can I can I ask you go back go back into your memory and your first reaction to the first scene of Namor on screen? Like what, what? What was your initial reaction? I mean, like revealed, or like when we saw it in the the movies? No, like like we're sitting in the theater. You feel that moment coming. All the shit is all the shit is happening. The Talokan are here, and then they're Namor, on that barge. Namor just fucking appears as as oh, the was, DD that he is. It was hype ever since announced that Namor was kind of they're going with like a Latin American feel for it. I was I was on board. They already were like teasing that it could have been someone else. Maybe it could have been Asian, but the the fact they did it like this with that headpiece reveal, I was all in, you know. I was like 
I'm watching this, of course, with Chadwick Boseman, but also for, you know, mi gente fucking Namor. I just got to say, you know, Tenoch Huerta, he kicked ass. And, you know, like Marcelo was saying, we've seen him before in different things, in Narcos, and he he brings it. I, I feel like all the cast brings it, but, you know, we want to see how he fits into the MC, right? We're familiar with a lot of these characters already, and, like, how will he mesh in? And, of course, he does amazingly. You know, the man who has never drowned learned to swim to be the you know the perfect namor on screen and he did it so well his supporting cast is really good too you know and they just got namor right and as someone who's familiar with namor a little bit it's you know i feel like the wing the winged leg things i feel like it's always been phony but they did it cool um they even mentioned he's the first fucking mutant you yeah. know that's like a throwback for like all the marvel like mutant x-men nerds it's like they did it he straight up says <laughs> i'm the I, you know i'm the fucking first mutant. i was like yes Fuck yeah you know well I that mean, was it right there right that was the key that's what that's the word that we needed to hear was mutant yeah, right. and then we knew that was it we knew it's coming right. yep. that's all we need I, to hear face five you know, baby I, let's go that's all we needed to hear you know his the the telecons have fucking vibranium too i didn't expect that i thought they were just gonna be you know hiding hard. like no we have fucking vibranium too uh, you know e- you know leveling them up uh, you know, hella and it's it's and they're warriors they're all fucking warriors fucking sea warriors right boy are they warriors yeah and even the tie to fucking you know old days of spanish you know conquerors saying oh he's the fucking you know the devil and you know like the priest is scared like oh my god they went all the way that far and he's you know like you know fuck them which i thought was just a good touch just everything about namor i think they did right and you know it's be swooning over yeah, that you guy know, in this version. I, it's it's so good. I think that people would have assumed that the ankle wings would have been like a little sh- like a little wacky, but they just yeah, kind of said, "Yep, know. I have like I have wings on my ankles." And then he proceeded to rock the shit out of people oh, with those yeah. fucking wings it on the ankles. It felt so na- it felt so natural, and I think it's like, just because of his raw charisma. It just yeah, works. I just didn't even, I didn't even question it. I was like, "Cool, you got wings on your right. ankles. Awesome." Like. Right. <laughs> And he and they made him hella strong. Not that Namor isn't, but just he, you know, Baku tries to break him with the staff. And he just flexes his back. I'm like, damn man, fuck. And then the when he when they do the quick slow mo turn and he like breaks his armor piece. I was like, whoa, that was that was really well done. And just oh man, I can't. It was dope. And you know, he was the first one of the first characters I think that says introducing for Tenor Suerta as Namor. So you know, they I feel like they give him a good welcome and a good intro. And I can't wait to see more of Namor, you know, involved and fucking shit up. And uh, it was so well done, honestly. And like you like Marcel was saying, a great antagonist. He's not a villain, really. Not wrong, you know. It's just the surface world's shitty. What about the surface world? We know why. <laughs> you know? So they didn't go the super like polluting the oceans, hurting sea world life shit angle. They just did it the other way, and that was still really good. Well, yeah, because we know like he knows that like if they find it in the ocean, that they're gonna ever all these greedy powers are gonna come for it. And Wakanda's not gonna give him anything and Wakanda's gonna defend themselves and then all of a sudden it's gonna disrupt the whole ecosystem that they live in. Mm-hmm. So he's like, no, I don't want to fuck with that. Like I've been good. You know, like I'm I'm chilling over here. You got fuck you guys. Like and 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 they do have a common enemy, you know, Talokan and Wakanda, they have a common enemy, which is everybody else. And and this 
definitely goes back to that scene kind of in the beginning where they're at like the UN meeting and him, they're, you know, such they're a talking good scene. and yeah. it cuts to kind of the, like the French, like this French, like uh, kind of special ops people breaking into a Wakandan facility, trying to steal the vibranium and, you know, duh, that's exactly what they would try to do, you know, like, and then, yeah. Enter Dora Milaje whipping ass. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. Boy, like, can we talk about the barge? The first, the like, seat, that... or like the, not the barge, but like the, oh, oh the oh, ship. Oh, oh, oh. Oil rig? So, like, when we first get introduced to like the sirens and stuff. Yeah, dude. That was really Sick. cool. I don't know about you guys, but that scene felt more horror-like than Multiverse of Madness did. Like the just like the filming of that scene, and like first, like the two divers go down, and of course they find they find I guess what was it they find like the pocket of vibranium mm-hmm. or something like that, and then yeah. of course the one the one diver goes missing, and then of course you had like the the panic of the other one, and that you know communications get lost and then all of a sudden you start hearing the sirens start to sing and then slowly as they kind of point out towards the ocean it's like pitch black at night with some barely any kind of like light coming off of the facility and you just start seeing like silhouettes of like heads popping out of the water what like slowly one by one as the sound just keeps increasing increasing and then of course, you have all the people hearing it to start jumping off willingly off of, off of the rig. Did you like the the, the tension that it built? Right. Oh God! It started, it started off super quiet and it just progressively got louder and louder and louder and louder, and then like you just don't know what's going on, and then all of a sudden, just bodies just just falling off, and then and then of course you had like the I don't remember if they ever really gave them names, but like the main warriors that namor had on his like team yeah. it was a uh, namora and a tuba oh okay cool like they come out tuba had the hammerhead fucking headpiece right um and they just come out and they they start wrecking house a little bit and then the that attempted escape on the helicopter Ooh. when they like barely they barely make it out or so you thought because then look who comes Gurkhan fucking grabs that fucking helicopter, throws that fucker right back. How, have we seen that character before? The Lake Bell character? Have we seen her in other Marvel stuff, or was it she just in there literally for thirty seconds? I I remember to be honest. I think she was just there. I mean, I don't I don't remember who she who she was. I thought she was just kind of like a random one off character. It, it was just because she's a pretty big actor, so like I thought, oh, oh I thought she was going to be more. In, I thought she was going to play a bigger role in this, but hey, you know, she got to be in a Marvel movie, so that's great. So something else that I really appreciated. So Martin Freeman's amazing, right? Like he's so his American <laughs> accent blows my mind. Uh, and l- so literally, he came on screen, and, and you know what? You know what my first thought was? I was like, oh man, I should go rewatch Fargo season one. Like that was literally my first thought. <laughs> I was like, I need to go and rewatch Fargo because he's such an amazing actor, and I like how much of what's her name is really Louise Dreyfus. Thank you. How much we saw of her in this movie, and she's just really would... building herself up with with what's coming up. 
down the pipeline for Marvel. Yeah, she was definitely a, a decent surprise. I wasn't expecting her to be in this movie, but yeah. of course, you know, Thunderbolts is coming down the pipeline. Of course, she has to kind of have her fingers in as many places as possible. What what is up with the Thunderbolts lineup? Why is it so weird? Thunderbolts is Why just a is weird it like, team. It's like Taskmaster, Ghost, yep. Bucky. Yep, sounds it's right. It's because they West haven't Asian, uh, Black Widow. It's because they haven't a, introduced Ghost Rider yet. Such a weird. Like I was looking at the lineup the other day, and I was like, "This is weird." Like maybe maybe I haven't. I, haven't, I definitely have no no nothing to base it off of because I know nothing about the Thunderbolts. But I was just like. Why are you guys all here just, together? Just, like, what a weird think, super team. Just think of Marvel's Suicide Squad. Essentially. That's what they, yeah, that's what it is. That's why okay. they're so weird to get, like, they all don't make sense together, but somehow yeah, it works. Yeah. It's functional, okay. but will still be functional. Bucky. The leader. Be retired. Oh, because, oh, you know what it was? It was Bucky and it was John. Uh, what's his name? The oh, dude from, yeah. yeah, the dude from Captain and the Winter Soldier. They were both together. Yeah, yeah. But anyways, back to Black Panther. That was my little segue <laughs> there. I just thought about it. Thought She's it was... fucking smart. Oh She's no, smart. yeah. And Not also the escaper. The the wild like lore drop of the fact that they used to be married. Yeah. yeah. Her her and Ross used to be married. It's like, huh? Okay. But isn't isn't he supposed to be Thunderbolt Ross? Um, I think General Ross is supposed to be. Or General Ross. Yeah, yeah. Who's gonna be? Like, who actually like the they Hulk. recast? Yeah, like the Hulk. <laughs> Anyways, um, do you know who they? Do you know who they recast it to? Yeah, Harrison Ford. What is that? Is that legit? You guys haven't seen that? The no. not Martin Freeman. The the guy who was General Ross and Black Widow had yeah. passed away, and they have replaced him oh. with Harrison Ford. <laughs> I don't wow. know if it's one hundred percent confirmed. Anyway, moving on. Um, I wanted to ask you guys. Um, we talked about our our, our seaman for a, a while, and we can go on and swoon about him forever. But um, of course, you know we were all heard the rumors and stuff. We finally saw who took up the mantle as the next Black Panther, and um, we could just talk about that sequence what you guys saw. But yeah. I just thought, of course, she takes you know she finalizes making the herb. She takes it. She goes under just like T'Challa, just like Killmonger. And I just thought it was crazy. She comes up where she just saw, you know, her mom give her life to save Riri. And of course, it's not who we think it is, which I think was, a, of course, amazing reveal. It's Eric Kilmarney. He's like, what's up? You know, <laughs> and he sends Such her on this path of, of something not great, which, of course, sets up, you know, later things. But I thought that was great. He like feeds her. He feeds on her grief and stuff and makes her, you know at this point that you know vengeance you know consumed t'challa for a while in civil war right he was chasing captain america he was chasing winter soldier and it comes back full circle you know the first time we saw him and it comes back now it's on you know surety's shoulders and that was just done really well you know the whole place like catches fire and she she like feeds into it too she doesn't tell anyone who she saw uh which i thought was great not she you know she wasn't honest she's like we're just gonna do this we're just gonna go kick some ass you know, <laughs> Killmonger told me to. <laughs> you know, and I was fresh though. I I think that was that was a nice little turn instead of just. You know what? I'm glad. I'm, one, I'm glad that we saw it the first night because I would have been really annoyed if that got had gotten spoiled. 
for me. Oh yeah. Because I, I, I definitely didn't see it coming because I hadn't been paying attention, like what was going on with production, how this movie was progressing. So for me to see Michael B. Jordan being like, they were all fucking cowards and weak and like, you need to take what's yours and you need to be, yeah. you know, you know, fuck shit up. I was like, yeah, fuck, let's it, go fuck shit up. Let's go. <laughs> it, it was such a cool moment because at that point in the movie, Shuri and Killmonger have such a similar trajectory yeah. from each other. Because the idea of going to the ancest, like the realm of the ancestors, is that you you go in, like you see what you're feeling. And so like when T'Challa went in, you know, he saw his father, you know, because, you know, he had the he had the kind of like the teachings of his father. So like he had the mentality of seeing it, and that's who came before him. And then when Killmonger went in, you know, what was the he was so filled with uh vengeance and rage. He and saw what, his dad, right? He saw his dad in their apartment in Oakland. That was right. that that was his location. And so what happens? You have Shuri go in and she's fresh off of her mom dying. Yeah. Uh, you know, she's losing literally losing everything that she has. Literally left, losing really. everything. She's filled with vengeance and rage. She basically goes into the the um like the throne room underwater where her mom died, surfaces up, and then, like you said, Joel, turns around, goes to the throne, sees Killmonger, because it it's so perfectly just kind of brings the similarities of both of those two characters together at that moment in time. To where like Killmonger's like you're just like me, like you want you want the whole world to burn, and then she was like, it's like no, you just de- you took everything from you you destroyed you know what we had, and then the fire starts to shoot up from the walls to kind of harken back to when Killmonger destroyed all the fl- all the um the herbs and having just like that symbolic just kind of like image upon there, and then of course you know Shuri. Earlier in the movie, uh, she's talking about how she she's a you know she's a person of science. You know she doesn't really believe in a lot of this like astral, you know, spiritualism. And then so when she hops back out from the ancestral realm, she's like, "It didn't work." You know, I didn't see my mother. You know, I didn't see I didn't see my brother. And then she gets so mad that she punches one of the dummies, and it's like, "No, it worked." Yeah. It's like they showed you what you know how you're feeling and how like what your mindset's at they showed you what you need what you wanted to see what you thought you want yeah Uh uh-huh and it was so interesting to see her kind of reject it in a way still where even though she went through that process she's still like no this is this isn't how it's supposed to go and this isn't right and then so she sinks deeper into like that okay it's like we need we need to just take the offensive we need to go fight namor you know we need to rally the troops and and take the fight to him yep and then of course like we were talking about before when baku was being the voice of reason it's like hey you know you know this isn't the answer this is the answer pete there is a peaceful solution to this and she's like no we're doing we're doing this my way and and baku's like all right all right um but yeah, that was such a you know, wonderful scene. You know who we haven't touched on? And it's the most beautiful part of this movie. 
Go on. Lupita Nyong'o. Oh, what a god! What a what an amazing actor she is. I love Lupita. She she's she's literally just like the the show stealer. She is perfect. I can't. All I want to say is that she is perfect, and I love her. And she plays such a good emotional. She has such a good emotional presence and voice. Again, another voice of reason for everybody in this movie. But I texted Joel in the middle of the movie when <laughs> when she started speaking Spanish. I was like, "This is the hottest thing I've ever seen." Like just her perfect Spanish. I uh, had my phone in airplane mode, but I definitely replied. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely replied. Um, I really agree. She's amazing actress and um boy pointed out to me she saw it again uh recently with her friend uh you know how the wakandas are able to overthrow the french uh in the beginning because they're trying to steal shit um the character is located in haiti the only place where they you know overthrew the french i think yep. that was a conscious decision very nicely well done oh yeah you know, uh but yeah just again it just goes back to the point like everyone's so strong in this movie and just brings it it's Oh man, it's so good. So it, it it's a testament to show like how how advanced Wakanda is, where you have all these people, you know. When someone thinks of like, oh, it's a society that's kind of like shutting themselves away from like the rest of the world, and you think like they have a strict mindset, it's like, no, these people know a lot of shit. And it's like like one minute, you know, they're kind of doing their thing, and next minute they're like speaking French and like you know throw down some ambassadors fucking you know private military it's like hey f- here's here's a present back bitches <laughs> yeah, no they they yeah they they're definitely so underestimated which again is probably a, a, a social commentary on what we deal with or like what what is out there in the world you know and uh yeah they just you know they they are smart they are capable like it was yeah, it was. Yeah, the more I think about it, and the more we talk about it, the more that I just enjoy this movie. Like, it did so much right that whatever is mm-hmm. is really just it's just super small detail stuff that like, yeah, it is what it is. You work with what you got. Oh yeah, and then of course, like we get to like the climax of the movie, right? You know, the Wakandans have their big, huge barge thing, warship. Really quick, I want to rewind. I just want oh, to say when, when uh, Shuri reveals that suit, it was a very nice drop down, nice, Ooh. cool suit, great colors. Uh, you know, it, it's fresh enough to be different and still, you know, pays an ode to former Black Panther. I just, it was really well done. So of course, Lud- Ludwig Gordonson, the band yes. and the music there. Yes, on we point. need to talk about him. Always, he you know he makes stellar music for you know Creed, Mandalorian, and so forth. Um, of course, you know with I was just thinking with that suit reveal where uh, Shuri comes in as the Black Panther. Oh man, he just has that score going, the guitar. Oh man, just of course you know so, they incorporated the Mayan death whistle into the fucking uh, soundtrack, man. Like fuck. Not that's only just, that. Whew. So I saw a quick clip of an interview he did about the process of him making this and so he actually went down to kind of be with like the local um people and um Haitian people and then he tried to research as much of like the traditional like 
music as he could to implement to the point where he tracked down a few people, a few Mayan rappers, like people that like oh. rapped in Mayan to it's help so to help put music into like the soundtrack for this movie. And it Ludwig is a master composer at this point. Like he he does so much great work. And when I saw that it was him during the credits, I was like, of course, that's why the music's so fucking good. Ugh. Go ahead, take us to the battle barge. I just wanted to point so, that out. So battle barge happens. Let me out. Hold on. Hold on. One more thing. Okay. <laughs> Another... Did they go. just have that fucking battle barge ready to go? Yeah. Where'd that come from? Vibranium battle barge. You know, whatever. Ready for the was, ocean. Uh, was in the last movie really quick at like, if you pause it like 30 minutes, <laughs> it's just in the back. Well, just hanging out in the corner. So this sequence, I felt kind of had... This was probably the most MCU out of the entire movie, for sure. As far as just, like, the fight goes. Yeah, I can see that. The more I think about the scene, the more I kind of think that there's, like, a little bit more to be desired about it. Like, it was still still a very interesting, like, combat scene, for sure. But I kind of felt like the build-up to, like, this big fight, you would think that, like, when Namor was like, oh, for... I have, you know... A hundred soldiers for every blade of grass in Wakanda, and it's like, it's like, okay, well, shit. You'd expect there to be at least like. It seemed like a bit, a little bit more of a like. There's still a lot of people to fight with, but I, yeah. it didn't feel as big as they were kind of building this up to be. And I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna fault them really for anything because you know we don't know, like what budgetary or just like filming. Yeah, yeah. Like conditions. I was gonna say, I was gonna say that much people that 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 CGI gets expensive, man. Hey, man, they did it for Endgame. But it really ended up being like ten people. They're like 20, 20 important looking people. Um, yeah. One thing, um, uh, my partner pointed out that I thought was really cool. Um how a lot of the um, Talokan uh, people were coming through the ocean on, like, whales and, like, yeah. orcas. Uh, when they started trying to climb the barge, uh, there was one of the guys that was on an orca that basically got launched by the tail fin. Yeah. <laughs> and they pointed out to me is that that is the same thing that orcas will do to fling seals up into the air. <laughs> In yeah, same exact like yeah. motion. It's like, oh shit, okay. They they did their research a little bit a little too well. Okay, so here's my question. Can Namor in the comics, can he communicate with sea life like Aquaman can? Like how did they get these whales to cooperate? I'm assuming so, but I mean he's had four hundred years to like adapt to animal life and shit. He's probably made a pact. It's fucking will. I don't know. He's trained them. Probably some Aquaman bullshit, honestly. I didn't think too hard about it. I was like, sick. They're riding whales. This is hype. (laughs) That's all I was thinking. (laughs) With their little underwater bombs. That was was cool, too. Fucking Uh, water balloons. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah, it's a pretty cool fight sequence. We see them be, uh, you know, we have uh, Nakia and Okoye come with their, like, cool... uh, the night owl armor i already forgot what it was called jeez i believe um, nightingale i believe it was the nightingale, nightingale armor i'm thank you yeah 
They come and kick some ass Iron Man style. Uh, Okoye has a rematch with Atuma. We see Ironheart don, you know, the quote unquote goofy, you know, heart armor. But it, it was still pretty cool to see it in action. And uh, um, for me, this fight sequence was kind of unsettling only because, you know, sure, he's doing this for the wrong reasons. Like, oh, this is all bad <laughs> in a way. So it's like, Ugh. like, this is a bad battle. Mm. You know, <laughs> she, she was ready oh. to cook fucking Namor to a crisp. Hey, oh, man, yeah. is do you guys think Namor's wing is going to grow back? I think so. He's he's a she, fucking she ripped the she ripped that fucking thing out. That battle sequence was raw. I just want to say the the how they figure out to, you know, dehydrate Namor to power him down. And then she brings him to the desert. And that fight was. That was a good fight. She does some like old kicks that um, old T'Challa did, and then you know they're going at each other really hard. It, I just think it was choreographed well. And then you know eventually she fucking gets stabbed. I was like, what? That was yeah. I didn't expect that at all. That was a good moment. I was like, oh shit! And she blows his ass up. I didn't expect <laughs> that either. I was like, oh fuck! So, no, like, this this is a better. This is uh, probably. I think this fight scene, I enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed Iron Man and Captain America. Like, it, the, this oh, fight scene was very raw. Yeah. Oh, this fight yeah. scene was very raw. Like, yeah. like they're just throwing hands the whole time. It's not, yeah, yeah. you know, it's like, it's, I'm punching the fuck. There's no, there's no yeah, like, yeah. special, like, abilities or, you know, besides the super strength, but it's just hand-to-hand yeah. combat, you know. Yeah, they're equally matched, you know, like. Bare knuckle boxing. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, it, it's just it was a lot of like viciousness, and I feel like the contrast between that happening and what was happening on the barge, it kind of made the overall like group of people fighting kind of seem less interesting after a certain bit because like you know we had you know Reby kind of flying around you know shooting people and stuff, and then you know Akoi and Akita and Baku kind of like doing their thing. But like, but like, go back to the beach. I need to watch that. I need yeah. to see the shit on the like, beach happening. Um, yep. And just like, like Shuri was like getting ready to fucking murder a motherfucker. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah, she was like, she was like right there. Yeah. And I and I felt like they did a good job of kind of setting up the idea where like when they were younger, like Shuri and T'Challa would be training together, and how you know she was like the more tech savvy one, but she still like learned, she started her journey of like being like the tech savvy person from T'Challa. And so like she, her whole motivation is like, you know, so T'Challa centric, but then it, they do a good job of seeing how she starts to skew kind of like how at the beginning of the movie, when they're at the beach or her and her mom are at the beach and they're, her mom's like burning her funeral clothes. And she's like, no, nah, I'm not ready yet. It's like, it's like, if we're up to be, you know, I would rather see this world burn before I forget T'Challa. And it's like, f- she's following through for the most part at, at this point. Yeah. Um, yeah, she's pissed. She's so mad. And and she's definitely mad at herself. Like, because she yeah. is the one that couldn't save him, right? I think. So she carries that. All that weight. Her. All that weight is on yeah. her shoulders. Grief. Um, and then, of course, like right, right before she gets that to that killing blow, you know, what happens is that a vision of her mother appears, and it's like, it's like, it's like show show them who the real Sherry is. 
and then it kind of kind of almost to the same extent of what happened with um t'challa actually and then so that's kind of like her coming down moment and like realizing like oh man we kind of fucked up here a little bit (laughs) like but i thought they did a really good job of kind of skewing the line between who's in the right and who's in the wrong like they both started out with very good intentions, but along the way, they kind of their need for vengeance kind of got like yeah, I think blurred. This, there was no villain in this movie. There was no hero the in this movie. The French. <laughs> there, it was just two people who were very emotional and very passionate about wanting to protect, you know, their people wanting to you know or whatever and then it just it just escalated you know and it's like uh, at some point it just kind of tipped the scales and okay well now we got to go fuck each other up but i think that's what i enjoyed about this movie is that there was nobody like there was no villain like we don't need not every movie has to have like a like a like a wanda type of villain like chasing you trying to murder you right like this was this is a good way for people who didn't understand each other to have some, to have a little bit of disruption and then kind of, you know, at the end kind of be like, ah, okay, well, I guess we'll like, I guess we'll stop now, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, for sure. But of course, in in good fashion, they have to kind of have Namor be a little bit ambiguous on his intentions. Mm-hmm. True to character. No, it has to be. Yeah. True to name or form. He's gonna fuck up someone still. Mm-hmm. I mean, he doesn't, he's not fully trusting, which, why would you be, right? All right. Um, Joel, I want to, I want you to tell us how you felt about the ending to this movie and also including the, the mid credits that kind of left us with a a nice you know surprise. I thought the ending was well done. Uh, with Shuri, you know, they resolved. Like you said, the differences. You know, Namor's like, you know, if Wakanda falls, at least you know you could you know we'll be able to protect ourselves. Whatever the world surface will, will come. Whatever they hint at Namor being like what he'll do. But yeah, just you know, Shuri finds. Uh, Akia at her place and I think back in Haiti and she's ready to take the ceremonial clothes and burn them and um, if I'm not forgetting anything that's pretty much the end and she does it and it cuts with her being sad and I was like wow that was at least for me very powerful and of course the you know the credits show you know the burning of the robes all the you know actors names and it reveals the armor at the end the Black Panther armor which the great touch I think and emotional uh you know well done mc wise and movie wise and of course mid credits not expecting it at all akia introduces to shuri that <laughs> you know she's been gone all this time because she fathered uh T'Challa's kid which uh, i thought they did well which was a nice tribute his you know he's prince t'challa um my wife pointed out that that boy is actually in the beginning of the movie when uh Queen Ramonda goes to see Nakia in Haiti, actually. He greets her. I thought so. so. Yeah, so we see him already, but it's like, oh, he comes back later. It's important. Um, some people are a little bit by it. I, I thought it was cute. It's a nice little, you know, 
road to you know looking to the future and stuff and you know it, it's it was nice you know uh moving you know the whole movie is pretty moving so you know, it what do you guys think Marcelo? yeah no i mean i you know it was pretty impactful i guess that uh that they had the opportunity to have the close the closure with T'Challa knowing like he knew he was going to die. And so he, you know, everybody's been posting that, you know, like that a father who doesn't prep their, their, their family for death, like is no man at all or whatever. He's something he says, that, something like that. And that was a really great callback that he had, like, he like knew what was going on. He prepped his family for it and let them come to terms with whatever was happening. And just like, kind of sucks that sure you seem to be the only person that was kind of in the dark on that i just kind of yeah know, right it was <laughs> yeah. a little weird but you know hey you know what like i said it's not like you can re it's not like you can reshoot you know chadwick boseman that chadwick boseman passed away like what can you do can't really prep for that kind of stuff mm-hmm. but it was good and it was really good it was really touching and i think that's the as a father, that's probably where I felt the most emotional because I was like, shit, like you got to prep your kids for your own death. Like that's a little crazy. That's, that's rough, you know, but yeah. that's, that's where I felt most of my emotions come through. Yeah. It was, it was definitely just like a, a, a really cathartic ending. to like yeah. this whole, this whole movie, you know, like I said, like she, like Shuri was finally ready to, you know, burn her funeral clothes and then kind of mimicking how, they did the um the marvel studios like title and like intro they -hmm. started doing little flashback cuts of t'challa from the first movie but they did but they did the same thing where it was like that silence with like just the the very like light breeze and you're just kind of leaving it hanging it there for everybody to kind of soak in yeah and then you know, they cut, they, that's where they like finish the movie, but also shout out to M'Baku for pretty much becoming King, <laughs> apparently. And nobody fought him on it. They were like, all right. So like uh, they, they, they cut to going to that ledge, that ceremonial ledge that they did in Black Panther, where like mm-hmm. they fight for the throne and everybody. And I thought it was really, in, it was kind of interesting to hear the people chanting um, Shuri. Yep. So it's like, oh shit, you know, that's cool. That's that they're they actually do like, you know, recognize her as like the leader. And then so when the the ship door opens, and then not Shuri, but Mbaku comes out, and it's like, I challenge for the right of king. It's like, <laughs> all right, well, don't. It's like hell yeah, Mbaku, you fucking you fucking get your due. Yep. He's the right person for the job. That's for sure. I mean, come on, you know, the 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 people of the mountains, you know, they don't rely on vibranium, and they fucking are beasts and very well educated. But uh, yeah, just like all that wrapping up, and then you know, having the mid credit scene of introducing young young Tatala uh, Junior was very is very symbolic, being like, hey, you know, there will be, you know, there's always going to be like. T'Challa, or there's always going to be like a, a T'Challa around. Yep. You know, he's he's going to live on through 
others, which is very sweet, very touching. Um, yeah, yeah and if, and if, this movie, this, this movie is, I think, for me at least up up to as of right now, is a pretty solid like nine and a half. That's a big number. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, and then of course at the end of the credits, we do see a Black Panther will return. For what project we don't know because at this point it could be anything <laughs> yeah you know we'll see we'll see shuri pop up maybe in a iron sure to talk to a certain uh stretchy man because his wife's gonna be taken away by it and you know a man from talokan has the comics but we'll see oh yeah baby susan star wants it um <laughs> oh no uh i think she can so resist what's... this one What's what's next? Is it Quantumania? Yeah, in March. Quantumania no, is in, the next movie in January. And January. No, it's a February. Oh, it's February. Oh, oh my bad. Secret Invasion, I believe, is in January. So oh. it's a Marvel show. But yes, this was the last thing for Phase Four. Now we're gonna skip. Now we're really gonna get into some weird trippy shit, oh, more yeah. space shit. Oh yeah, space time. Parallel hey guys. All that shit. I I think I like this movie more than Morbius. It's not what you said in the theaters. I changed my mind. Oh. oh, okay. I'm glad. He, he, he <laughs> sat on it for a little bit. He's, yeah, he, 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 <laughs> I thought about it for a minute. Thought about it. Okay. Had to had to do a little dance in his uh, in his dressing room. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Mor- Morbin time. <laughs> All right. Um. So yeah, I I believe. That is our thoughts on Wakanda Forever. Had a really good time. Um, of course, uh, we will be doing reviews on the other upcoming MCU projects as well. Um, and of course, pretty soon, Andor is going to be finishing up. We just released last week a mid-season review for Andor, so you can go check that out on YouTube as well as you know checking out our other live streams that we'll be doing hopefully um we thought we talked about we talked about it and we might be doing the game awards coming up in three weeks and maybe something a little bit extra in in the coming days but of course always make sure to follow us on our socials we're on twitter instagram facebook more recently tiktok as well uh, just to kind of catch up and see what you've been missing or make sure you don't miss out as well. Of course, before we go, uh, Joel, where can they find you? At MechMonsterMind on Spotify, SoundCloud. New music next month. At MechMonsterMind, TikTok. And Acoustic Avenger on Twitch and Twitter. Stella, where can we find you? Where can you find me? You can find me on Twitter. Yeah, M ninety plays, and I think that's like the only place that I really spend time on these days. Uh, for now, yeah, yeah, for now. We'll see, we'll see what happens. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I ha- I have some I have some plans in the works for revamping my stream channel again to oh. get get some games in. Uh, start making some use of that PS five that's just sitting there. Hey, there you so, go. So, yeah, we'll see what happens. Nice, nice. And of course, you can also find me on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Brian Saber, as well. I also also here on Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash Brian Saber, where recently I have been messing around, you know, 
playing some Marvel Snap, of course. You know, we just got into we actually, and Sonic. But uh, yeah, thank you for hanging out with us on this United We Know Reviews. We appreciate y'all a lot. And of course, we will see you next time. And remember, keep on nerding. I stole a gun. I stole a gun. Thank <laughs> you.